Hello and welcome to this Oathbreaker Magic the Gathering podcast for all the people who love Oathbreaker. I'm a little sick today, so in case I sound nasally, uh, there is your answer. And we're back today. Eldraine Oathbreaker cards. Originally, the original list I had was 40 cards long, but I narrowed it down to 16 pretty good ones. Each color has some cards, so let's begin with white. Fairy Guide Mothers. One white for a 1-1 flyer, which I figure, okay, this is decent. If you're looking for a 1-drop that works pretty well in multiplayer games, the most comparable thing we've got is Commander. And what kind of great one-drops do we got there? Most people are just concerned about ramping, you know, getting a soul ring out, such and such. Fairy Guide Mother is a 1-1 flyer, so it's a body that can chump block to protect your planeswalker when your planeswalker comes out, or is flying so it can go over your opponent's creatures, deal damage to their planeswalker. And because it's Eldraine, we got the Adventures. Gift of the Fae, one in white, is a sorcery. Target creature gets plus two power, plus one toughness, and gains flying until end of turn. Kind of like combat trick for any other character. No, any other creature that you have on the board that doesn't have flying. So you're like, okay, I want this creature to get over because they're powerful, and they can dish out some real damage. Then, okay, Gift of the Fae. Now it's a two, two more power, one more toughness, and flying. Let's go straight over and such. And then you can cast Fairy Guide Mother out from exile. That's what the adventure does. Rally for the Throne is the other white card. Two and a white for an instant. Create two one power, one toughness white human creature tokens. It has an extra ability. Adamant. If at least three white mana was spent to cast a spell, you gain one life for each creature you control, which isn't necessarily so significant, but if you're running like Gideon and pretty much all your mana produces white, then that shouldn't be too hard to get that. You'd gain at least two life, and many more than that, where this wouldn't matter so much in other formats because it ruins up the timing. But creating two 1-1 white human creature tokens, chump blockers, and white weenie, it goes for all the way, instant. And now on to the next one, Stolen by the Fae. It's blue, and a blue, and also X for a sorcery. Return target creature card with converted mana cost X to its owner's hand. You create X 1-1 blue fairy creature tokens with flying. Why I like this so much is not only can it get rid of a meddlesome creature, but then <laughs> you get a bunch of 1-1 flyers who, just like I said before about fairy guide mother, it's a 1-1 flyer that can chump block, it can go over your opponents, it goes wide, and has evasion, which is pretty, pretty great. I like it. The other blue one I have is Witching Well for blue artifact. When Witching Spell, ah, when Witching Well enters the battlefield, scry too. So there's a turn one effect. It can help you set up for the mid game so you can go long, longer with the game. Blah. Three and a blue sacrifice Witching Well. Draw two cards. There has an ability after the fact. So not only is it, okay, here's your thing, you spent the man, you did it, but you can do something with it later. Or if you're artifact deck, you can just leave it sitting on the board, collecting dust if you like. But, yeah, I prefer this much better. Much better than an ordinary draw spell is Let's Do Scry. Even if you did, that would be like, pay five mana, scry two, and then draw two cards. 
and maybe there's something about that in there. Anyways, there's not a lot of good one-drops in Oathbreaker that have good long-term effects in the game, and this did have a long-term effect, and a pretty decent immediate effect for turn one, so that's why I chose Witching Well. And then here we go on to a black card, Clackbridge Troll 3, Black Glat for a troll creature. It has 8 power and 8 toughness, it has Trample and Haste, so clearly too powerful. What's its drawback? When Clackbridge Troll enters the battlefield, target opponent creates 3 0 power, 1 toughness, white goat creature tokens. So this guy comes in, you can part him with somebody like, hey, I can give you 3 little chump blockers that maybe you use somehow, some way, sacrifice them or something, and you, yeah, we can partner up or something. I'll attack somebody else, and that can benefit you. But the other drawback, because that would only be for, like, single player, would that be a real drawback? But this one actually does change up the game dynamics in multiplayer more so. At the beginning of combat on your turn, any opponent may sacrifice a creature. If a player does, tap Glack, Bridge, Troll, you gain 3 life and draw a card. At the very least, you can think of this kind of like pay 5 mana, gain 9 life, and draw 3 cards, which is pretty solid, but they're still sacrificing creatures, you're getting life and drawing cards off of that happening, and only for 5 mana. Trample and Haste, which means you can do it immediately. Murderous Rider, 1, black black for a 2 power, 3 toughness, life flinker, zombie knight, when it dies, put a put it on the bottom of its owner's library, so it goes to the bottom of yours, so you can't do graveyard effects with it, but it also has an adventure, is an instant, swift end, 1, black black, destroy target creature or planeswalker, you lose 2 life. The lose 2 life is a small drawback, but I like this because it can take care of a planeswalker and an oathbreaker. That those are those are pesky things. Most of the time, people will worry about okay, direct damage, damage to any target that takes care of planeswalkers, blue control counter, bouncing permanents that also works, and a lot and a lot of creatures, many creatures. So you have more creatures. It's hard to block them all. More of them are getting past enemy lines and dealing damage to their planeswalker, getting rid of them. But with murderous rider, you just pay three and. Bye bye whatever it is. It's an instant, too, so if they're casting their signature spell, you can just be like, in response, you're dead. The other one I have is Piper of the Swarm, one and a black for a one power, three toughness, human warlock creature. It has psychic ability, rats, rats, R-A-T-S, rats you control have menace. And on top of that, you pay one and a black, tap Piper of the Swarm, pay two and tap it, create a one Power 1 toughness black rat creature token. You can also pay 2 black black tap. Piper of the Swarm, sacrifice 3 rats. Gain control of target creature, which is not so significant, but this guy creates tokens, and the tokens have menace, so two creatures have to really dedicate to block this one little guy, so they're harder to block, just like creatures with flying or any sorts of evasion. Menace is evasion. And that makes them all the better at offense. And if not, you can still just go defense if somebody summons a huge thing. Maybe they summon their own clack bridge troll. You can be like, okay, I get rid of these rats, and now that belongs to me, and I get those special effects. And it's three toughness is pretty solid, so not too shabby for a turn two drop, even though a mana walk, mana rock, not walk. Even though a mana rock would be much more ideal in that kind of situation, Piper of the Swarm is not too shabby. The other one, I have another black card. 
I don't know if this is Sire or Sir Conrad the Grim. Three black black for a legendary creature, human knight, five power, four toughness. You can pay one and a black. Each player puts the top card of their library into their graveyard, which goes amazingly with this other ability. Whenever another creature dies, or a creature card is put into a graveyard from anywhere other than the battlefield, such as when it gets from the library to the graveyard, like his other ability, Conrad the Grim deals one damage to each opponent. Also, or whenever a creature card leaves the graveyard, leaves your graveyard specifically, not your opponent's, that would be silly. But, this has been looked at as a little legendary creature, some... Elder Dragon Highlander Commander players are looking at this like, hey, could this make a good EDH? Could this make a good Commander? Uh, <laughs> the one damage is not too much, but an Oathbreaker, it can still work. Come out turn 5, turn 4 if you ramped up. Maybe even turn 3. But you can still do that ability, and since we start with half the life, you can get to the end much faster. Whenever another creature dies, we is Oathbreaker. A lot of planeswalkers create tokens themselves, little ones. Freilis creates its little Llanowar elf creatures, and so on and forth. Even Vraska the Relic Seeker produces two two pirates with her plus ability. So, with a lot more creatures, protecting planeswalkers dying, it's going to be triggered a lot more. More often than I would think would happen organically in Elder Dragon Highlander, which makes this pretty great for black. Oathbreaker cards. Barge N is a single red for an instant. Attacking target attacking creature gets plus two powered, plus two toughness until end of turn. Then each attacking non-human creature gains trample until end of turn, which okay, so one mana, plus two, plus two, that's a combat trick right there, just in case you did have a bunch of creatures swinging in, and your opponent's like, okay, I can't block all of them, so I'll let this guy go through and maybe this guy go through, you can be like, okay, barge in, deal, extra damage. And then everything else gets trampled. So if you did have a some big guys, some big beasts, three threes and whatnot, then now they all have trample now. And that's pretty good for just one red mana. Instant, too. Pretty great. And Bone Crusher Giant, two and a red for a four power three toughness. Whenever Bone Crusher Giant becomes a target of a spell... It deals two damage to that spell's controller, which okay. If if you have your planeswalker, and it deals something to destroy Bone Crusher Giant, nothing happens unless they cast a spell directly targeting Bone Crusher Giant, which they probably won't do. But in that case, it still has four power. And Stomp is this instant adventure it has tacked on one and a red. Damage cannot be prevented this turn. Stomp deals 2 damage to any target. There you go. 2 damage straight to their planeswalker. So be it. And Mad Ratter. 3 and a red for a 1 power 2 toughness goblin. I know the high convert mana cost for such a weak creature. But whenever you draw your second card each turn, create 2 1-1 one, one black rat creature tokens. This is great because it's a multiplayer game. We're playing for the long game. It could be like 8-16 turns before the game ends. And... Yes, you want to stay gas up. You'll have other cards effects that allow you to draw more cards. Lots of planeswalkers that people use as their oathbreakers draw cards for them. So it's quite likely that you might be able to get this off almost every single turn. Thus creating you lots of little tokens. That was great in that one dude, Piper of the Swarm. And that's why I think Mad Ratter might be pretty good if you can pay for the four mana for one power two toughness. That's 
a little bit more risky <laughs> versus Piper of the Swarm, but this you don't have to put you don't have to sink any extra mana into it. All you have to do is let the Mad Ratter sit there and not get damaged. Let him collect dust. Gilded Goose. So our first green card. One green for a zero power. Two toughness bird with flying. And zero power, it's not <laughs> that impressive, but it's still good for a turn one drop when it enters the battlefield. Create a food token. You can tap Gilded Deuce. Yeah, Gilded Goose. <laughs> Sacrifice a food, add one mana of any color. Which is, is like Birds of Paradise, which is one of the best one drops you can have, period. And you can also pay one and a green tap Gilded Goose, create a food token. Also, those food tokens you can pay two, tap the food, sacrifice, and gain three life, which could be pretty good in Oathbreaker if you're playing a long game. You get three life each time. Racking up the life points, that'd be pretty good for longevity, but thus it is still kind of like a discount Birds of Paradise, which makes it excellent, and I would definitely recommend it for anybody in green. Questing Beast 2, green, green, convert mana cost of 4 for a 4 power, 4 toughness, legendary beast creature with vigilance, death touch, and haste. Questing Beast can't be blocked by creatures with power 2 or less, so they have to be like 3 threes higher in order to stop Questing Beast, but still is death touch, vigilance, so he can block the following turn, which means you could go on offense as much as you want without having to worry about, oh no, I can't protect my planeswalker, and combat damage that would be dealt by creatures you control cannot be prevented. So then if somebody does Haze of Pollen, don't work anymore, sorry. Whenever Questing Beast deals combat damage to an opponent, it deals that much damage to target planeswalker that player controls. Great in Oathbreaker, of course. <laughs> this isn't stopping them, so you don't have to worry about fixating all your attacking on the planeswalker before you do your game-winning effects, because this guy can just go straight for your opponent's throats and also take out their planeswalkers. Next of all, Wildwood Tracker, one green for a one power, one toughness elf warrior. Whenever Wildwood Tracker attacks or blocks, if you control another non-human creature, it gets plus one, plus one till end of turn. And let's see, you're probably not running a human's deck in green for Oathbreaker. That seems quite quite specific, so just think of it kind of like you're paying one mana for a 3-3. Three, three. Except it's not a 3-3 three, three on turn one, and that's why it, it just it gets bigger later on. So much more powerful. And that's why Wildwood Tracker is great. It doesn't have any other special abilities, but the fact that it gets bigger after the fact is why I put it in. Because that just makes it a better attacker, a better blocker, yada, yada, yada. And Ginger Brute, one mana for a one power, one toughness artifact creature. Food Golem with haste. You can pay one mana. Ginger Brute can't be blocked this turn except by creatures with haste. With that, you could do... Not a lot of creatures have haste, really. If red, red probably has the most hasty amount of creatures. So you just pay one mana. Ginger Brute goes in, attacks their planeswalker, stops them from doing their ultimate. Or... Well, signature spell would come later, and then you could do your combat tricks to on Ginger Brute to deal extra damage. You can also pay to tap Ginger Brute, sacrifice it, and you gain three life, just like a food token. Heraldic Banner, three mana for an artifact. As Heraldic Banner enters the battlefield, choose a color. Creatures who control of the chosen color get plus one power. So if you're just doing one color, Gideon, White Weenie, then you can be like, okay, White or Garak, you're playing green. Oh, now all your beasts are stronger. 4-3. Three. 
and tap to add one mana of any chosen color. Turn 3, that's pretty easy, so of course this can this is not hard to summon, and mana, and pumps everybody up. And those are the 16 cards that I thought might be amazing for Oathbreaker from the set of Eldraine. And I hope you have a wonderful day. See ya.